Have you figured out your family values? And realize that your, your personal values take a back seat to your family values. You know, my job is to, is, is not freedom for myself. My job is freedom for my daughters. It's stability for my daughters. It doesn't matter if I feel fulfilled in my job anymore. Uh, my job is to give them stability so that they have the margin to take notice of things and to see mom and dad worship. You're listening to the Blue Collar Money Podcast, Theories of Middle Class Investing. I am your host, P.W. Gopal, performance coach and entrepreneur. And along with the Blue Collar Money team, we want to say thank you for taking the time to join us today. Our goal is to help you get your hands dirty, get you unstuck, and help you live out your best financial story. Hey folks, welcome back to Blue Collar Money, episode 87. We're talking about seasons and staging uh, when it comes to investing. Of course, uh, we tout our blue collar values here, kingdom of citizenship, value integration, uh, having a production mindset, financial intelligence, and managing risk uh, well. So in all of that, when it comes down to uh, investing, we look at the macro narratives, we look at our own lives and dig in, and we ask God for wisdom uh, in how to move forward. And so part of that is looking at the seasons that we're living in, the seasons that we're moving into, and how to stage uh, accordingly. So for this episode, it's a continuation of episode 86, where we started in that conversation of seasons. And I finished this off by uh, making this suggestion that in a season of safety, which is is how we mark this coming season, uh, that for blue-collar folks, we have to be... uh, considering safety and that God, you know, may, maybe might be giving us, um, a concise season to get our ducks in a row to, to house, to, to do some housekeeping and to get the numbers right, to get the story right, to get it all right on paper and to then bring it to him, bring it to the altar and set it before him and say, Lord, is this right? Um, put it into practice and let him, uh, adjust, you know, the small movements. Um, we know that following Jesus is as much of an art as it is a science. And so we don't ever claim to know what God is going to say or have us do. Um, but we know that he cares about all the small details and so we should as well. So, uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I just want to say welcome um, these are the things that we value and talk about, um, on a daily basis. And then once a week, um, we usually bring a guest on or we recap some of the, uh, old lessons that we did in our earlier podcast from the mindset of an investor series. Um, anything that we can do to help you with your financial story, ideas of stewardship, organization, logistics, um, even just relationships. If you need to meet somebody who could help you, uh, we would love to help you with that. Um, 
thank you again for listening. Thank you for the five-star reviews. Um, if you haven't had a chance to do that and you've gotten something uh, valuable out of this podcast, we'd love the five-star review um, or a five-star review because that really helps us. It boosts us in the algorithms. It gets us in front of more people. Um, and and hopefully we can get, you know, bring value to other folks that, that are maybe feeling a little stuck. Um, if, if there's any one episode in particular that has been valuable to you, uh, we would love a tip. And you can send that uh, through PayPal to the address that we'll put in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, if you if you feel like you, you would uh, want to do that for us, we will make sure that we invest that money well. And, again, if you have questions, um, specific questions that you would like to have answered, um, we would love to find the people that could maybe offer a different perspective, a different answer a good answer, a solid answer for you. Uh, we don't claim to be experts. I don't claim to be an expert. Um, but I don't know. I think God has this podcast in place. So maybe we can build relationships with folks who can help you um, as they, as they help me. Um, so once again, episode 87, we're talking about seasons and staging. And the thought that I left you with last time uh, was one that I have been thinking about and mulling over. And in this season, I I kept thinking like, Lord, you know, what is the one thing that I want to say to people um, that that maybe could help the most? If you forget everything else, um, and I and I and I kind of landed on this that in this season of safety, that we would be living out our highest values on our closest targets, Um, and so it puts us in a place where you have to answer. Um, a couple questions, like right off the bat, do you know what your values are? Have you worked through figuring out what your values are? Um, and then what would it look like for those values to manifest in your closest targets in the places that are closest to home is another way that, that we think about it. Um, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, ahead, pushing ahead, moving farther, moving, you know, my ideas um, further, having greater influence, you know, onward, onward, onward. And in this season, I think God is is uh, saying, look, I haven't promised you anything. There may not be any more, but have you taken care of what I've already given you? And so the values that I've given you um, regarding your kingdom citizenship, the, the unique values that you can portray of me, of my character, um, are people experiencing those things in the places that are closest to you? So number one would be personal. Do you know what your personal values are? Number two, what are your family values? Um, how does that play into work? Are those values manifesting in work? Uh, are they investing then in your investments? Um, And the only reason I'm saying investments before number five is because that's what we talk about the most. When we talk about money, we talk about the financial story, the financial narrative. It is not more important than number five, which is discipleship. Um, Yeah. So when we talk about living out your highest values in the closest targets, um, the goal is, is to not exclusively live out those values in the close targets, but 
to start with the close targets because you really want to clean your own house first and then move on to, um, you know, propagating your values elsewhere um, in other lands, I guess, uh, if that makes sense. So when thinking about uh, these values, and I'll share just, you know, my personal values uh and and this is this is a second it's like actually a third iteration of them because when i first wrote them out i didn't know what i was doing i got some great coaching from a friend of mine that i've talked about on this podcast brant menzoir and he wrote a book about it um and he was really coaching me through my values and said just you know write them down and then live them out and see how they manifest and what i ended up finding out is that my values they just didn't quite click when I took the time at the end of the week uh, to see how the values were manifesting. And so I just had to jumble around. I had to play with them and I had to have conversations with people um, and say, you know, what, what do you think that I value? When you see me live and act and work and breathe, what do you see me valuing? And so I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share what my values were, like what I wrote them down to be. But the ones that I have now, um, there's there's five, number one. And, and again, I talk about this stuff all the time. Freedom is my number one value. Uh, that encapsulates so much. I could talk about that for for hours, but, um, but I'm not going to. Number two, influence. Uh, am I influencing p- people towards Jesus, towards the kingdom of God? Are they, uh, am I having an, a lasting effect? on people. Number three, loyalty. Am I living my life in such a way that I'm loyal to the gospel, the gift of piety? Piety has a, such a crap connotation, but it's actually a gift of the spirit. Um, am I living my life uh, loyal to the gospel, to the kingdom of God, to Jesus? And am I loyal to the people uh, that I believe he means to love? And that's believers and non-believers. Am I loyal to the church? Number four, community. Am I surrounding myself with people that that know these values and value these values? Am I surrounding myself with people that I want um, to know and, and, and that I want these values to be important to um, believers and non-believers? And then number five is justice. Um God has always, he kind of wired me and bent me towards um, seeing things be made right. And I think maybe it's because I saw a lot of things go wrong. And and I, so I have a serious hatred for it. Um, it's not that I'm entirely a negative person and just walk around pissed at the world. Um, but I do lose, lose sleep over things that are wrong and, uh, you know, if I sin anywhere, it's, it's in the place of like wondering if God is actually going to take care of things. Uh, so I, I might work harder in that area than, than other folks because, uh, and I admittedly have a lack of faith in knowing that God is, is sovereign in in certain things. Um, so, um, when we, again, I apologize for the folks who've been listening, um, with, have been with us for dozens and dozens of episodes because you're hearing this again um do you know what your values are and um and have you distilled them down um 
into simple tasks during the week um, where when they manifest, you can actually see them, feel them, touch them. Um, yeah, are they occurring? And if they're, if they're not occurring naturally, are you able to manufacture them um, in, your, in your daily? Um, the next part is family. And this is kind of hard. Um, you know, I, all I care about on some days is just my own values. You know, am I free? Am I making people free? Am I, do I have margin? Do I have the capacity? Um, do I have financial freedom? Am I free from manipulation? Am I free from, um, market manipulation? I mean, I just want to be untethered. Um, but that's just me. That's not what my family needs all the time. And so our family went through the process of figuring out what are our family values. The only reason my values are important is so that I can feed into, know what I believe and know how I can serve my family values. And so my wife and I sat down and she um, helped shape these, that our family is going to be a family of worship. Number one value for our family is worship. That our kids would see us worship God in everything, right? And how we take care of the environment and how we take care of our money and how we take care of people, our things, um, and how we take time to sit with God, to carry on an everyday conversation with God. Our highest value is worship. The second highest value is the kingdom of God, meaning that there are things that are going to manifest um, that the kingdom of heaven manifests here in front of us if we ask God for the eyes to see it. And we want our kids to know that there are things that need to be made right and that God gives us the power to, right? John 14, you will do everything that I've done and even greater things than these. Um, the kingdom of God, it has a citizenship to it. And what does it require? Well, it requires that we we lean into Jesus and we build that relationship. It requires that we not be obsessed with doing for God, but being with God, uh, like the life of Daniel. But when he kicks us out of the room and says, go and um, do my work, the work I've left for you, um, you know, the kingdom of God manifests outside of our home. And that's what we want. We, family, and, and this became really valuable, honestly, um, when we were in the hospital. Um, for those of you who, you know, haven't been with us very long, a couple of years ago, my daughter got sick. We spent three months in a 12 by 15 room in a hospital with her. Um, and it changed everything for me, you know, up until that point I was on the road, um, you know, 12 to 20 weeks a year playing music, uh, doing a little coaching on the side, a little business consulting, um, just kind of dabbling in a whole bunch of things, but God really distilled things for us. I was in the hospital room one night, lights are out at like seven 30. Someone, so Caroline could sleep and we had nothing to do, but sit there and think and pray. And, and God said to me, um, as I looked at everything I didn't understand around me and he said, you know, you take care of your daughter and I'll take care of the rest. And he really has. Um, and things are quite ridiculous. I mean, we got, Somewhere I, I I haven't been able to count between somewhere between three and four hundred grand in hospital uh, bills, I and mean, we're responsible for 
at this point, probably 10% of that. Like we're somewhere between 30 and 40. We had an ICU visit in Ohio during Thanksgiving. So that's another 18 grand we got to take care of. I mean, stuff just gets stupid and, and it makes me panic. It makes me want to do other things and put my time into things that really have nothing to do with taking care of my daughter. And yet, as I sit here, and this podcast is really good for me because it makes me sit down and sit still and just kind of think and pray. The priority for me is not, to, well, obviously not to freak out. And the problem and the, and the priority for me is not to um, figure out how we can get out of debt or to get ahead. Uh, the priority for me is to still, is to take care of my daughter and make sure she values what God says is valuable uh, to our family. Number four, relationships. Uh, sorry, that's five. We can't count. Um, no, that's four. What the heck? Relationships um, that we would consider people above our things. And here's, here's a crazy one uh, for the believers that are listening, that we would consider relationships with people above our own rights. Um, this really got to me today. I'm going to... it put me in a really pissy mood and I'm going to do my best to not swear as I say this, but I was leafing through Facebook, which is a really stupid thing to do. And I saw somebody's post that said, resist like it's 1776. Now I'm a libertarian. Um, the only reason I don't fly the rattlesnake flag at my house is because my wife won't let me. Um, she doesn't want me to be associated with some of the crazies up the road. And, um, and when I, when I say crazies, I don't mean conservative. I mean like, um, like white militia. Um, and obviously I'm not white, but you know, I appreciate violence and she, she won't let me fly the flag. So anyways, um, I love the idea of, of a small government. I love the idea of fighting the power, fighting the man fighting you know, fighting all those things. Here's the caveat, though. That has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And so I have to take the things that make my flesh, like, excite me, and I got to set them aside. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because I know we have 160, 70, 80 listeners. There's a handful of you that are a different country. Um, and the majority of you live in the U.S. I would guess the majority of you are evangelicals, and I would guess the majority of you are white um, and, and I would say all of us have gotten caught up in this blue, red, um, God loves America, you know, um, you know, Republicans and libs, conservatives. I mean, all this n political nonsense that's, that, you know, started around the time of Obama and, you know, has worked its way through Trump and now, and now Joe Biden, um, it's kind of embarrassing that, that this is what we tout. When we have the opportunity to talk about Jesus, present Jesus, um, oh man, God forbid we would, we would wear a mask that would make somebody else feel comfortable. I mean, do things that you think... Um, you know, might go against uh, your individual rights. Um, our our mind, we we actually we lose our shit 
we absolutely lose our shit when when we feel like our rights are being infringed upon. And and I am I am right there with you. But when I go sit with the Lord, he and at no point have I read in scripture that God loves America more than he loves any place else. And at no point has he said to to me or through scripture um you know that that my job is to value the things that I love, my my political ideologies more than the kingdom of God. And so I am constantly disappointed when I look at what people post, what what they put their time into, um, the things that the the freaking hills that we decide to die on. It's it's utterly mind blowing. And so I want to just say this as gently as I can. If those are the things that you want to tout in this season, you are in sin and you need to repent. You need to repent. If our minds are not obsessed with the kingdom of God and our relationship with him, our worship of him, and the fact that the people that we may call our enemies don't know him, uh, we should be fighting tooth and nail to build relationships with people. And whether that means you've got to eat a little crow, um, you know, sacrifice your money, sacrifice your your personal space, your your whatever. Um, I would lay down my guns, and that that's saying a lot. I would lay down my guns for for if God asked me if it meant me getting to more people. The only reason I don't lay down my guns right now is because we got some freaking nut jobs up the road that don't like the way I look. Um, I would do it for a good church. I think about this all the time and I know a bunch of you don't agree with me. And I honestly, I just don't even care anymore. Um, I would lay down all those things for a church that believed in the kingdom coming that we could have, um, man, that we could have such an effect. I pray all the time for the U.S. church to, 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 to get shaken up, possibly even lose some of its rights. Because I, then I know we couldn't rest on our laurels. Uh, we couldn't get anything done without the power of Jesus. It would, it would create a whole new level of worship. And I, want, I would love to live through that season. I have friends that care nothing about that. They, they think I'm crazy that I would even pray something like that. Um, because, you know, they're the, the bastion of hope that the American church is to them. Um, it, honestly, it doesn't have anything to do with the spirit of God, but it has to do with um, the evangelical church, the right, the right conservative, the, you, you name it. That is how they think God is choosing to move the kingdom forward. And, and I, would, I would just plainly say that that's a lie. The political system in the U.S. is a tool, and it's just a tool. There are good people on both sides. There are godly people on both sides. And neither one of us is going to move them, move the kingdom of God forward. Um, it is the power of the, the weapon that he has given us is the word of God. He has given us our relationships with people and he, he has given us an incredible playground to do the work. If you think I'm wrong, um, show me in the Bible. I have been asking for proof for a long, long time. And, uh, 
and nobody can give it to me. And I've, I've met with six Baptist pastors in the area and I asked them the same question. What is the gospel? I got six different answers and some of the answers were freaking disturbing. Um, sounds like I'm going off right here, but this is not a tangent. Um, I want to read to you from a book called The Day the Revolution Began, Reconsidering the Meaning of Jesus' uh, Crucifixions by N.T. Wright. And why does this have anything to do with uh, seasons and staging is because the closest targets to us we have made vulnerable because we have whored ourselves out um, to sinful entities. And that's me too. That is me too. So I just want to read this. Freaking this just... Ugh, I hate even reading this because it's so convicting. And I just hope that it's helpful. Okay, so this is from a chapter. It's an amazing chapter called The Covenant of Vocation. I think it's chapter 4. And it says... Uh, the diagnosis of the human plight is then not simply that humans have broken God's moral law, offending and insulting the creator whose image they bear. Though that is true as well, that this law-breaking is a symptom of a much more serious disease. Morality is important, but it isn't the whole story. Called responsibility and authority within and over the creation, humans have turned their vocation upside down, giving worship and allegiance to forces and powers within the creation itself. The name for this is idolatry. The result is slavery and finally death. And he goes on to say uh, farther down, I'm suggesting that in the Bible, humans are created in order to live as worshiping stewards. There's a word we use a lot. Within God's heaven and earth reality, rather than as beings who by moral perfection qualify to leave earth and go to heaven instead. This vision of the human vocation comes into focus in the book of revelation further down the priestly vocation consists of summing up the praises of creation before the creator the royal vocation in turn means reflecting god's wisdom and justice into the world this is a direct outworking of genesis 1 through 26 to 28 where humans are created uh, in the divine image. The book of Revelation picks up this theme exactly where Israel's scripture left off. It says, shockingly, of course, that the ancient vocation had been re renewed in a new and revolutionary way through the death of the Messiah. Once we get the goal right, parentheses, the new creation, not just heaven, uh, in parentheses, and the human problem diagnosed, parentheses, idolatry and corruption of vocation, not just, quote, sin, and quote, parentheses, the larger biblical vision of Jesus' death begins to come into view. Uh, he goes on and on and on. I'm going to skip down to the end because this is this is his answer for uh, the question. Why do people, why does he continue to talk about the kingdom of God when the kingdom in general have been such a disaster, making a few people rich and proud, when the kingdoms in, in general have been such a disaster, making few people rich and proud and a great many people poor and downtrodden. Uh, and this is him addressing, and he right addressing the question. Answer, because the perversion of human rule is just that, a perversion. We ought not to let the perversion rob us of the good news. And the good news is not only that God is sorting out the world, 
but that his rule is a different kind of rule entirely from those who give monarchs a bad name. Prophetic passages such as Isaiah 11 and Psalms, and such as Psalm 72, demonstrate that when God is faced with the corruption, faced with the corruption of monarchy, He promises not not to abolish monarchy, but to send a true king to rule with utter justice, making the poor and needy his constant priority. The human vocation to share that role, that task, is framed within the true justice and mercy of God himself. There is passage after passage, scripture verse after scripture verse after scripture verse, um, outlining God's covenant to his people and that that the kingdom of heaven would enter in to where we are living now. And that as we take on our job, our vocation as royal priests, that the ministry of reconciliation becomes first and foremost. And as much as I want to hold on to my guns, my real priority is relationship. As much as I want to tend to my space and tell everybody else to get the F away from me, which those of you who know me know that's that's how I act. That uh, he wants me to go break into people's lives and to serve and to lay down and to wash their feet and to spend my time, energy, and resources um, doing that. There, it is a completely upside down paradigm that God offers us um, when we sign up to steward his resources to be in relationship with him if you uh if you don't believe that then this is probably not the podcast to dig into um operate manifest your highest values to your closest targets um personal family work investments and then discipleship if if what we do is complain about which government is in power, knowing that all people are broken and sinful and that all political systems live under under the law of entropy, it blows my mind that we would look at one or the other. And, and you all have sent me cr- a crazy amount of emails trying to justify one or the other. And I, and I just can't understand... Um, how we can't see the sin in both. And again, vote your vote. Vote your vote. Have your beloved party. You know, all that is great. Um, But just know that that is not the point. The point is for us to worship. The point is for us um, to receive from God his presence, right? His blessing. And then to pour out blessing and grace onto others and and in bits and pieces and little and little moments and parts see the kingdom of god manifest in front of us where god shows himself off and we get to point to him right that little bit of light in a dark room and it makes people stare it makes people look and say man what what, what is that I, I don't have an answer for that um really fancy worship services and great music and all that stuff it doesn't work yeah, you because know, I could I could buy a hundred dollar ticket ticket and take it to, you know to see some of the best musicians in the world to blow any of these services away. But there's no answer for the Holy Spirit. There's no answer for the kingdom of heaven breaking in, um, and we get to be a part of that. And that is the point. That is the point 
as we go into this Christmas season. And we are almost there. This Advent season has just wrecked me um, just because I look, I look at just how much I have let um, disorder come into, into my thought life. And I'm really good at writing stuff down, right? You know me, Moleskin notebook, Pilot G205, it's all written down. But the worry, oh my gosh, the worry and the fretting um, has, has worked its way in. And so instead of fighting against the things that I see in front of me and reacting, and I'm really good at it, I'm really good at it. I can go from two to 10 really, really fast. Uh, my job is to live out my values to my closest targets. And as those things settle down and as they um, you know, start to land and manifest, move on to the next target. Figure out your personal values. And if you're like, well, PW, man, I have been listening to you. Do, I, I did my values like a year ago. Great. Have you figured out your family values? And realize that your, your personal values take a back seat to your family values. You know, my job is to, is, is not freedom for myself. My job is freedom for my daughters. It's stability for my daughters. It doesn't matter if I feel fulfilled in my job anymore. Uh, my job is to give them stability so that they have the margin to take notice of things and to see mom and dad worship, to be around people that love on them and that share those values. There, there are other voices that need to be present. Um, that's why community is, it's such a big deal. And, and we have struggled, my wife and I have struggled to find those voices, um, that can be around a daughter, but we, we have a few and that's enough. That is enough that if I trust that if anything happens to Amanda or myself or both of us, that Caroline and Stella will grow up around folks that really get what what the gospel is and it ain't, it ain't all bad, just about personal salvation and making it to heaven, but it's about a holy vocation. Um, that's outlined for us throughout the new Testament. Um, and yes, there are numbers involved and yes, there are dollar signs involved and yes, there's physical blessing involved for us, but that's not where you start. That's not where you start. We have to figure out, what we truly believe the gospel is. And granted, I asked six different pastors what they think the gospel is, and, they, and they're all experts on scripture, and they gave me six different answers. So that it's a legitimate point to make. Y'all need to figure out what you think the gospel is. You need to test it against scripture and your time with the Holy Spirit. If you don't spend time with the Holy Spirit, that's a problem. Uh, there's a, because there's a good chance that you are interpreting scripture the way somebody else is interpreting scripture and you have no idea if they're spending time with the Holy Spirit. The amount of stuff that I've seen on social media regarding the church and the gospel, it, it, and you've probably seen the same stuff. It makes me sad. It absolutely breaks my heart that we are signing ourselves up for such garbage and calling it the gospel. We have 
a higher calling. We have a higher responsibility. And it's time we got down to it. You guys are unique. You have a unique relationship with God. He is allowing you uh, to manifest his character in a world uh, that's moving to disorder. And when that happens, the same spirit that holds the world on its ecliptic that moves us at, um, you know, in time, degree after degree after degree uh, at set temperatures. I mean, the, the, the majesty of just of that alone, but that power sits in us. God says, you will do everything that I've done. You will do even greater things than these. There is a world that he means to redeem. There's a job that he means for us to take. There are responsibilities that go with that, an order that goes with that. And that is the 50,000 foot view of uh, what it looks like to prepare for this season of safety. And then on a practical level, it comes, it, it does involve numbers. It does involve time, energy, and resources. It does involve people, people in our family and people far away from us that we mean to affect. It includes all those things, but those are the easy conversations. Um, those are the easy conversations. The ones that we get wrong um, are the ones that sit closest to home. And so that's why uh, we need to spend some time in this holiday season. When you get a moment to yourself, well, number one, make some time for yourself. Um, get away from the family and go and ask God what order looks like in 2022. Uh, because I, I truly believe, because I've heard from some of you, that he is preparing you for incredible things. And I can't wait. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to hear the stories. And I can't wait to walk alongside of you because I know that several of us, bunches of us, several of you are going to take it on the chin um, because you're going to expose yourself. You're going to be vulnerable and you're going to take a chance. You're going to take a risk and you're going to enter into the suffering that Jesus has left for you uh, to take on. And it's going to hurt, but the blessing of his presence um, is extraordinary and you're going to tell an amazing story and I just want to be close uh, when you tell it I want to encourage you to live it and to tell it um, because we're on the cusp of some great things the church is not going to fail um, because Jesus ain't going to let it but I think we need to rethink whether it's going to be us in the middle of the story or us looking in um, worrying about other dumb stuff. So my encouragement, uh, go to the closet, go to the closet, be like Daniel, hear from God. Cause he is going to speak to you. He is going to speak to you and he's going to speak specifically. Our holy vocation starts there. Worship starts there. Um, he's going to say how to reflect him in the world. Those are your values. Your family has a choice of how they manifest his values in the world. Those are your family values. 
uh, it will manifest in your ethic at work and your paycheck, which, you know, then pours into the cash flow, um, the real estate and the business investments that you make. Um, and all along the way, discipleship happens, right? As you go, as you've been, as you are going, and as you've already gone, make disciples. Uh, man, what an incredible journey. What a high calling. I'm excited that you are in this with me. Uh, let me know how I can help. And I'm really, really grateful for you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Go get them. Friends, you've been listening to Blue Collar Money, theories of middle-class investing. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming content. We very much appreciate you taking the time to join us. Please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you live out your best financial story.